really like committed to God, but I'm not, I'm not serving Satan. You are by default. I was by default. I'm serving Jesus Christ. I got saved. I, be, I was brought gloriously into his forever family. Before that, I was serving Satan, not overtly, not on purpose. Not, I didn't check a box and select. I love Satan. I want to serve him all the days of my life. But that was how the default button is set in your life. These people are serving Satan. That, well, they're religious people. Yeah, I know. That's my point. That's always my point. You know I'm no... I'm no I'm not happy about religion. I was religious my whole life, and I was going to hell. And I was that gerbil on that little wheel who's running around in circles, trying to be good, trying to earn salvation. Full of sound and fury, <laughs> going nowhere in a hurry. And I'm not a proponent of religion. I'm, I'm a proponent of Jesus Christ. I'm a I'm born-again follower of Jesus. Religion? Psh, you can have it. It doesn't work. It didn't work for me. Uh, and by the way, I was just talking to somebody religious just yesterday, and I always say this, you know, religion's going to lead in one of two things. You perceive you're doing it well, and then you're proud, and there's nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than a proud religionist. And the other thing is you perceive you're not doing it well, and then you're always depressed. And God doesn't want you proud or depressed. Now, me, I... I I think I, I got this right. I mean, this is scripture, and it says it from cover to cover. Believe in Jesus Christ. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. That doesn't make you proud, and it doesn't make you depressed. It makes you thankful and happy and in the things that God wants us to be. But enough of that. We'll, go, we'll, we'll keep visiting there. But So they laid hands on them because they're on Satan's team, and they don't like Jesus and they don't like that he's been resurrected from the dead. And because that's the truth, the enemy of truth is error and falsehood. You think, if, if you were one of the high priests, I'm like, and Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and now people are getting healed by his name, but he was getting healed by Jesus all along. You think at some point you'd say, you know, I think I might be on the wrong team. They keep doubling down. They keep, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. It, it, I don't, I, I'm afraid I don't, just don't understand that at all. They laid hands on them and put them in hold, that's to say prison, until the next day is now eventide. You can't have a trial at night. Albeit many of them which heard the word believed, the number of men was about 5,000. Isn't that amazing? Praise Almighty God. That's amazing. You know, one of them might be one of your late greats, spiritually speaking. You know, they told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told you. You, one, one of these 5,000, who knows, right? And it came to pass on the morrow, the rulers and elders and pre, uh, scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many were the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Why do we have that list of names? Because God knows everyone who's there. And he wants us to know he knows everyone who's there. You see, God's taking note, and he understands. You know, he says in Proverbs, I can judge one at a time, although hand join in hand, I, I can judge, God can judge you individually, you can judge you on the, on the, on the <laughs> I don't care how many people you get in your corner who are on your Facebook posse who you, you're trying to get uh, you're winning on your team, it, it don't matter, 
It don't matter. God's like, ah, I wish I could do something, but there's a whole mess of them. No, and they're responsible for everything that goes on in this council. They're going to stand before God, and they're going to give an answer. And I, I think a lot of us, especially in America, I think our words, we think that they're not important. We think like they evaporate. You know how like on a cold day, and you can see like a football game, and the guys are on the bench, and they're breathing out, and they, you can see the mist, and it lasts for about like a second and a half, and it's gone. I think we think that a lot of our words are like that. Au contraire. No, no, words matter. Every idle word you ever speak, you're going to give an account of on the day. These guys aren't speaking idle words. They're speaking like important, incredible words against God and against his anointed, as we'll see in, in uh, Psalm 2, as they quote it. And God knows. Listen, it's, it's, I just want to talk to you about the graveness of the things you say. They're really, really important things. Here, they're lining up against Jesus. Is that going to win them any points in heaven? I don't think so. I just, I don't think so. I was talking to a guy, and I told this, I don't know if I told her Wednesday night, or talked about last Saturday. I was talking to a guy, and I said, hey, you're going to step into eternity here at some point. You're going to stand before God. He's going to say, why should I let you into my heaven? And you're going to say, and he said, I'm a good guy. I said, "Uh." you might want to rethink that. You might want to rethink your strategy. Because I think he might say, no, you're not. And then you're going to say, well, I'll call him a liar. Don't! (laughs) That's what he said to me. That's what he said. And I'm thinking, do you people think about this? Because I'm wondering if they think like, we're standing against Jesus and we're doing God's bidding. I mean, did you reason that all out? You're going to stand before God. I think people think, well, I'm, I'm really good on my feet. I'll show him why he's not seeing it quite correctly, and I'll, I'll be all like legal, my own lawyer, and I'll win my case. You may, you may want to rethink that. They set them in the midst. They asked them, by what power, by what name have you done this? This is an official question. They're giving a very official answer. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, now listen, before we tell you what he said unto them, understand this. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, yeah, Acts chapter 2. No. The, the verbiage here, and this, and at the end of the chapter, it means he was filled with the Holy Ghost right then. Wait a second. I thought people were filled with the Holy Ghost just like once. Well, who told you that? That's bad doctrine. That's bad theology. I know a lot of people who say that when I got saved, I got everything right then. D- what else are you wrong about Scripture? And what else do you not know about Scripture? Because this is saying Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost right here. He had a fresh filling to answer the counsel. Is that important? Oh, my goodness, important. Listen, i tell you something. This is, a, this is God's program. Free refills. Listen, Ephesians chapter 5, this is be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you miss it because it's, it's King James translation. It should say, keep continually be being filled. I was filled in 2017, and that is woefully inadequate for 2018. I was filled a month ago. I was filled a week ago, and that's inadequate for today's challenges. And so I pray in the morning, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Uh, I'm yours. I'm devoted to you. I've got things to, uh, to, to uh, I've got places to go. I've got people to see. I've got a message, and you're going you're gonna to have to fill me with your spirit. Does he? Oh, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't he? And, and, and I think it's a wonderful program, by the way. No, we had Denny's last night. We had supper at Denny's. 
I like breakfast for supper. No, I had eggs. I had a, you know. And you, you drink your coffee down, they come and they top it off again. Free refills. We love that when it happens at Denny's. I mean, I, I, I like that, free refills. This is God's plan for your life. I'm, I'm going to keep pouring my spirit into you to, to, to engage, to overcome. Because, you know, I, the thing is, uh, you say, what is, it, is, is a problem? Is that like the spirit isn't powerful? No, the problem is I leak. The problem is I need a fresh filling. And God knows that, so he fills Peter. He doesn't want Peter to speak in the flesh here. You can't, and we said this and we said this and we'll say this and we'll say this, you can't serve God in the power of the flesh. If you're going to do spiritual things, you're going to work the works of God, you need the power of God. And here it is. Is Peter praying? I would. I, I don't, it doesn't say that, but I mean, I'm standing before this august body and they're like really super intimidating. You know, they're holding all the cards, it looks like, and I'd be like kind of nerved up at this point. I'd be praying a mile a minute, Lord, you got to do something. They're gonna, this is going to be ugly. And, and does God do something? Yeah, he shows up and he fills them with his spirit. And that's what it says. Now, Peter's giving you a spirit-filled answer. Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day... Be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man by what means he's made whole. He's rehearsing the question. Now he's telling the answer. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Is he, is he like that? I don't know. The emphasis mine, but I think that's the answer. He wants to know it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, you know, the guy you crucified. You know, he keeps bringing that up. Why? Because he wants them to know. He's given the Spirit of God an opportunity by which they may have conviction. And only the Spirit of God can do that. Does, the, does they have to have conviction? Yeah. Otherwise, there's no repentance. You know, we talk to people about the need to get saved. Sometimes it falls on deaf ears. Why? Because they don't know they're lost. I'm a good person. And we have to demonstrate to people. We have to talk to people. No, you're not. And that's very important. Otherwise, we have convictionless, repentanceless conversion. They're not exactly sure what they were converted from or what they were converted to. And their conversion is about veneer thin if at all. Don't go past the idea of sin. Oh, we don't want to talk to people about sin. That's what saves us. That's what saves us. Look at your own life. Do, were you aware of like, I am in God's sight, I'm leprous, I'm absolutely icky, or whatever word you use to describe your state before Christ. I was sinful all the way through, I was going to hell, and I knew it. Now the gospel comes. That's fertile soil. Hey, you don't have to go to hell. You can, you can get saved. Man, I, like, what? Yeah, it's a gift of God. Man, what? If you're aware of your sin. And only God really does that in our lives. You use that opportunity. Tell people. He does. Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, and that... Remember, that's, that's, keeps, they, that's a recurring thing. They keep talking about, why is that important? Because dead Savior can't affect anyone's life for good or for God. You, you have to understand that. That's the power. That's the power in your life. Jesus gives us power over sin. Your old man is dead with Christ. 
I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, and who was risen from the dead. I mean, that's the power. That's, the, that's how we know God accepted his sacrifice, and we've talked about that at length. We'll talk about it more. But right now, they you've got to understand two things. You crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. And that's the power by which this man stands before you whole. Listen, let me give you a little scripture on this. This is the stone, he's talking about Jesus Christ, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. They would understand that. If the Spirit of God's going to convict, now seems like the time. Now, this verse, and neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You ever hear me quote that before? I quote it very often because it's, very, it's central to our lives. He's not, Jesus isn't the one of many ways. That's America. Your truth, they say. My truth is, and your truth is, wait a second. What are you, ridiculous? There's only one truth. Do you, do you, do you checkbook the same way? Do you do your physics the same way? You ain't going to pass. Well, maybe today, and as long as you showed good effort, right? <laughs> you, you Bill, is rejecting them, but let me tell you something. There's no salvation no jesus his name means salvation he's got the market cornered on salvation you want to go stand before god and you say come on in well done thy, thou good and faithful servant you, it's not what you know it's who you know jesus christ and it really is there's not salvation in any other but the other thing too is like if i were to say, hit a, say buddha doesn't say like people are like oh you're a hater you're like all even people who follow Buddha doesn't say, they don't say he saves. Um, you know, uh, Islam, a lot of Islamics out there, they don't say that Muhammad saves and they don't say that Allah saves. They say you're a good person, you get to heaven with your good works. Listen, I gotta tell you something, this is salvation and no other. Well, I'm a good person, that doesn't count. That's a formula for hell. As I told this guy with many verses and I'd like to tell you, uh, we, I led him in prayer and uh, he got saved. And uh, I, 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 I hope the gospel took effect. That's the best I can, I can tell you. Uh, no, there's, there's salvation in, in no other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It gives us to it in the negative, but then in the positive, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Remember that. I did, November, 4th, uh, November, February 14th, 1980. Lord saved me. He said, yep, I've been waiting for that prayer. You have no idea how long I've been waiting to hear you say that. And, he, and he, 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 he made me a new creation. He adopted me. He brought me into his forever family. He's awesome. I've never lost the wonder of that. One minute, I'm, I'm fat, dumb, and happy on my way to hell, and if truth be told, enjoying the trip. And then he... He, he changed me. He gave me, a whole, I'm a whole new creation. Who does that? Jesus does that. Glory to his holy name. He saves. He's a, he's a savior. He's incredible. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. Now, I don't think they're unlearned and ignorant men. I think the verbiage here is just saying they haven't been taught in the rabbinic schools. They were just common, ordinary folk. 
but they marvel that they, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, this is one of those game-changer verses, my thinking. Do people take knowledge of you you had been with Jesus? If you spend time with Jesus, if you're with Jesus, if you're, oh, I don't know how to say it right. If you're, you have to spend time with Jesus in devotion, in prayer, in his word. In, you have to be around Jesus. You have to follow Jesus. You start assimilating. You start being very much like Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit of God has given to us for, to glorify Jesus Christ, to make us like Jesus, right? You remember uh, Romans chapter 8, we know that all things work together for good to them who are the called according to his purpose. Anyone know that verse? Yeah, of course you know that verse. Do you know the verse after it? I'm uh, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Right? What's the next verse? For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. By the way, that's the good of verse 28. Because a lot of things happen, we think, this ain't so good. It is. It's making us more like Jesus. And that's the end goal. You know, uh, I think a lot of us think, like, you know, when we die, we go to, be, uh, go to heaven and be with Jesus. Yeah, okay, fair enough absent from the body, present with the Lord. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Correct. But I don't look at it just like, uh, you know, an address. I look at it like the end game is me becoming like Jesus Christ. That's good. So I think they look at them and they, and they, and they take knowledge of them that they've been with Jesus. Now, you know, the Spirit of God, he's kind of like, you know, convicting me. Do, do people who've been in your presence know that you've been with Jesus? Because it, it, it's, it's going to happen. When you are around Jesus and around Jesus and around, you're going to take on the flavor of Jesus Christ. You're going to be like him. You're going you're to see things the way he sees things. You're going to love the way he loves. You're going you're gonna, to, everything, everything's different. It's 180 degrees from where we were before because everything was flesh and selfish and pride and arrogance. And, uh, and, and now it's all about others and it's about humility and it's about, you know, power in the Spirit of God. We didn't have that before. We are operating the power of the flesh. Everything's different. And they saw the man, beholding the man which had been healed, standing with them. They could say nothing against him. Why would they want to? Because they have, a, they have an agenda. People operate according to the agenda more than they operate according to the truth. When they had commanded them to go aside so they can confer among themselves, verse 15, what shall we do to these men? In other words, how can we punish him for doing this good thing? Imagine that. Imagine that. But they can't find a way to do it. Indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them. It's obvious, right, to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. Well, why would you want to? Because they have an agenda. But that it spread no further among the people. Again, why wouldn't they want that to happen? Because they have an agenda. And our agenda is we're not guilty of nothing. I know we crucified this guy, but so what? So sad, too bad. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in his name. Step one, threatenings. Taking notes? Listen, I think we dodged a bullet in the last election, presidential. I think so. Uh, I think we would be right in the midst of much, much persecution now. They're going forward with their agenda anyway. Are we going to have, is it going to be a bumpy ride? I am no prophet, and I've said it before, but I'm perceptive enough to read the handwriting on the wall. I think 
it's going to be very in short order, open season on Christians. It kind of is now in a lot of circles. And people are going to try to threaten first. So what do you do? I don't know. What do they do? Let's read that. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than uh, unto God. Why don't you go ahead and judge that? We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. God saved me for a purpose, to tell others. He saved you for a purpose, to tell others. Job one, get her done. Now, there's a lot of other things, right? We're to love, okay? We're to, we're to serve one another. We're to, there's a lot of things that encompass this. But job one, go into all the word, preach the gospel to every creature. Mark chapter 16, Matthew chapter 28, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You got, we're going we're gonna to preach the gospel. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost ends of the earth. This, we, gotta, we have a call on our lives. Well, someone's going to threaten us. So what do we do? Well, if we're men-pleasers, we shut up. But if we get it, if we understand what it is Jesus wants us to do, we, we, we say we cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. And by the way, here's the whole thing. I can tell you about my personal. I know what I saw. I know what I felt. I know what happened. I know what I heard in my life. I know the gospel. I, I can share that. I can't, you know, and, and maybe you understand you're saying, well, I just got saved, you know, a week from Tuesday. I don't know all that much. What do you know? You can use that. And, and then your knowledge will increase and, you, and God will bless your knowledge. But uh, don't just speak the things you've seen and heard. And I think that's enough for the time being. And when they had further threatened them, because that's all they got, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them. Now, now in chapters from now, you're going to see they're going to punish them more than just threatening them. Because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the men, was, he, was, he was above 40 years old. So why is that? Like if he was 38, he couldn't get healed? No, the point is, is he's been there a long, long time, and everyone knew about it, okay? This isn't just like one of those little, is that, was that really a miracle? You know, you know those miracles that you really can't, you know, someone comes up and they got a headache, and you pray and the headache's gone? Can God heal from headache? Because again, but like if somebody's missing a leg and the leg grows back in, that's kind of a little bit more, you know what I mean? Uh, and here's, this, is, this is a notable miracle. I mean, this is obvious. There's nobody uh, uh, naysaying. There's nobody gainsaying and saying, oh, no, 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 nothing happened here. Everyone knows it. I mean, you guys have been there for 40 years. Um, so look at, uh, I tell you, it's going to be a bumpy ride. So what are you going to do? Just be as bold as butter. Just say what needs to be said. Just make up your mind. Like I've made up my mind. Will they, will they arrest us? I don't know. They'll stop by threatening us. Does it matter? If they kill me to death, I, I've, I've kind of made this up in my own mind. All they can do is send me home to be with Jesus. Don't threaten me with a good time. Is that all you got? Really, I mean, I mean you've got to figure that out, right? That at some point, that's, that's, oh, that's the worst they can do. The worst thing they can do is the best thing that could happen to you. Ten foot tall and bulletproof. Following the Lord. Oh, if they beat you up, throw you in jail, make you pay a stiff fine, I've figured it out. Whatever. Now, I, I, mean, I don't want to go to jail. I mean, I hope you all just know that. I mean, I got to like, you know, it'll bail you out. 
Uh, so they were let go in verse 23, and they went to their own company. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They, one, they recognize God as created. And here the prayer is, and it's a prayer. So what happens? We, you know, they come back and they report, and this is time for prayer. It's kind of worship, isn't it? Well, prayer has that element. I know I, I, when I say prayer, a prayer, I know a lot of you people think like supplication. Okay, we're going to pray now. Let's get our list out of what we're going to ask God. That's fair. I mean, that's, a, that, that's right. I mean, there's that element in prayer. But here, they're not asking for anything. Hey, you're awesome. You created everything. And, and that's an element of prayer too, adoration, okay? And they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now, one accord, we've been talking about one accord a long time, haven't we? At the Tower of Babel, they get together and they assemble against God and they have this oneness. And God said, now there's nothing that's going to be withheld from them because of oneness. They, people work together in teams, but then they work apart separately. You know, the last people to ever get this is Christians. The enemy gets it, but that works in satanic, diabolical, anti-God circles, but it works better in Christian circles. You know, there's, there's much on this. You know, it talks about like in Ecclesiastes, if one fall, there's nobody to help him up, woe to that man. But if he's walking with somebody, the other guy can help him up. If one guy falls into a pit and he's the only one there, that's no good. And it talks about like a... a, a a three-braided cord's not quickly broken? That's not talking about cords. I mean, if you want to know, yeah, you know, you get a thicker rope with the most strands in it, it's going to be better than some little piece of twine. We get that. I mean, I, mean, I think we understand that in the natural. But understand it in the spiritual. Now, we separate as the church of Jesus Christ over everything. Everything. Red. Facebook? I'm not suggesting you do. But you, I know some of you guys on there. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. I'm not being a hypocrite. I know. I know. We have people at war about everything. Prayer United has a... I don't know. Do, do you remember we looked at... Oh, we were talking about Jonathan in our first Samuel study. Him and his armor bearer, right? It talks about to you putting to flight tens of thousands. He stepped out on some Bible verses, that man. Uh, and if, I encourage you to be part of Wednesday night. It is such an incredible study. Uh, it, it really, really is. And that's not because I'm awesome. It's because the, the Word is awesome. And we've been getting, I think, the things that God wants us to, to come away with in this. Could Jonathan have done it all by himself? Well, the, God can deliver with a few or with many, but there's a power in agreement, agreement, in unity, in one accord. How many times in Scripture and Acts have we seen that in one accord now? I think this is the fourth time, and this is the fourth chapter. It's a big recurring theme. I, I have my individual prayer life. I really do. I'd be surprised if all of you don't. But there's, a, there's something that happens when people agree in prayer. And that one accordness is, is something God recognized. And he says all through Scripture, if two of you is touching anything, agree, it shall be done for you. 
No, I, I'm, I'm hoping you all get it. I mean, I mean I, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying because I, I don't know if I can. I'm trying to like weigh my big important truth here. And I, I'm just hoping you, you okay. Uh, where are we? Where are we? He made heaven and earth by mouth of thy servant David. You've said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up. Uh, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Now, I, at this point, I want to go to Acts chapter 2 because that's what he's quoting. Acts chapter 2 is a, man, it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite psalms. It really, really is. Let's go to Psalm chapter 2. They're quoting, the, yeah, it's Psalm 2. What did I say? Acts 2. Go back to Psalm 2, and um, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like I say, it's one of my favorite psalms. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? What's vain? Empty, futile, silly, fruitless. What's the vain thing? Well, verse 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rules take counsel together. They're in one accord too, right? Together against the Lord and against his anointed. What's anointed? Mashiach, Messiah. Wait a second. People are taking stock, they're, they're, they're joining themselves together against the Lord, against God, and against Jesus. That's what it's saying. Can you imagine such a thing? <laughs> I wish there was some way I could uh, uh, illustrate this, but I can't think of anything. Hey, the whole world's against Jesus Christ. And more so, every day, uh, which king is pro-Jesus Christ right now? I can think of one off the top of my head, someone who said, hey, let's, uh, let's move the uh, American embassy to Jerusalem. That was a very pro-God thing. I'm not saying the man's born again. I, I don't know that. As a matter of fact, some of the things he said would lead me to believe the opposite. But he's doing some, he's not doing some anti-God things. And most of the world, as I see it, you guys hear anything coming out of the UN? What a, what a ungodly, it's like, it's like they learn the Bible and they do the exact opposite, only all the time. You guys pay attention to like, I always say don't read the news, don't listen to the news. But you do know what's going on by other sources, right? I, I always think like, uh, listen, if I was um, in the Soviet Union before it fell, they had this newspaper called Pravda, that means truth. And it's very confusing because not all the things they say is truth. As a matter of fact, most of the things aren't, but every once in a while there was an article in it and it was, it was so. It was the way it was. And as a Christian in the Soviet Union, if I was reading Proverbs, if I could read Russian, it'd be very confusing. What do I believe? They're saying this, but it might not be so. In America, it's a lot easier. I mean, it's a lot easier. It was on CNN, so it's, it's, that's opposite the truth. In only in every situation. I can talk like this now because we had a man come to the White House who, who used the term fake news. I've only known this about since I was 12. And I'm not lying. I'm not bragging. I mean, we were brought up in a family that was very, very, very political. My whole life I've known about uh, political. So I, I, I've talked with people, Christians, who have the Holy Spirit of God, who should know better, who should have the mind of Christ. And I would say, but this isn't true. And they say, I saw it on TV. It has to be. They wouldn't be able to report it. Talking about the news, and I just go, oy vey. <sighs> now, a lot of us, you're getting it. Because I know, because I'm having conversations, and you're saying, I never understood it before. They just 
lie. Like they just lie all the time. Yeah, I know. Welcome. I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you joined us. Um, but they, this is the people. They, they imagine the vain things. They move against God as a whole. They move against God and against Jesus as anointed. And they're saying, they have an agenda. They always have an agenda. Follow the agenda. Let us break their bands asunder and cast their cords from us. Look at, they said it 2,000 years ago. We will not have this one rule over us. Well, they're still saying it. Let us break their bands. We, listen, we ain't falling. Who do you think you are? You can't tell us what to do. They're still doing it. Let us break their bands asunder and cast their cords from us. Now, God's really stressed out by this. Oh, he's all, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Not at all, because we know our God. He that sit in the heavens shall laugh. <laughs> you puny little people, you got me. He, he's, he's in stitches. Yeah, are you serious? Are you serious? Well, I'd like to install Jesus as the monarch of the whole world, but you guys aren't receptive. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, no, no. He that sit in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. But he only takes, tolerates that attitude for so long. Look at verse 5. Then shall he speak. This is God, the creator, the father of all, the magnificent righteous judge. Then shall he speak to them in his wrath because, guess what? The anti-Jesus. And he's going to vex them in his sore displeasure. I, I, I want us to understand the gravity of these verses. God's saying, I am very upset. I do not like what you're doing at all. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Coming soon to a planet near you, Jesus Christ is going to come. He's going to set up his kingdom with Zion. It's in Jerusalem. And when it talks about Zion, I have this theory that it's always talking about the millennial kingdom. The majority of what is called Christendom, okay, when I say Christendom, I talk about all the different, the, the Roman Catholic Church, all the different Protestant denominations, including ones like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, they consider themselves Christians as well. The majority of, of, of what considers itself Christendom now, I'm not saying they're Christian. I'm not saying they're born again. I'm not saying they have a relationship with Jesus Christ like you have, like I have. But majority of that, that, that big umbrella, Christendom, does not believe in the literal return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. I was brought up in the Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church's official position, they are millennialists. They don't believe in the millennium. The biggest church in Waterville, and the man who runs that church, he's my brother, who I love deeply, and I really, really do. He's an amillennialist. Out of his own mouth. Is that important? It's hugely important. This is big. I'm not trying to split and make divisions, but I want us to understand. God's saying, no, I'm going to set my, 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 my king. <laughs> Who's God's king? Jesus Christ, the king of kings. He's, 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 he's going to set his... His, his king upon my holy hill. And just so you don't know where I'm talking about, Zion, that holy hill. I'm gonna, he's going to be set there. And I'm going to declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee uh, the heathen for thine inheritance and the innermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Is that what it looks like right now? No. It looks like there's a usurper king on the throne, the prince of the power of the air, the god of this world. 
He's not, he's not the king of kings. He's a usurper king. He doesn't belong there. Has Jesus come and set up his kingdom yet? Not so as you'd notice, because this is what the amillennials say. They say that Jesus ain't coming back. He ain't going to set up a literal kingdom. He rules and reigns in our hearts. Well, I agree with that part of it. He does rule and reign in our hearts, those of us who worship him. But there's still the kings of the earth. At this time, 2018, the kings of the earth are setting themselves, and the rulers are taking counsel together against God. That's the yod Hey vav Hey. That's that's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. They're, 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 they're taking counsel again against the creator God and against his Mashiach, against his Messiah, and this is what they're saying. He, he's not ruling and reigning in, in their hearts. And God's saying, no, I'm going to set my king upon my holy hill. Uh, ask of me, verse 8, and I shall give thee the, the heathen for thine inheritance, the innermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, and thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And we're in that run up to that age right here, right now. Be wise now, therefore. And I think he's speaking to us as individuals. O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. You ones who in verse 2 are setting yourselves up against me, smarten up. Wake up and smell the coffee, verse 10. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Wow, those are, those are like fearful words, are they not? It ends up, blessed are all of them put their trust in him. Amen, I did that. I trust him for my salvation. Am I blessed? Oh, you have no idea. Yes, incredible. Am I... Uh, uh, going to fall into the hands of the living God and I, and I have fear and trembling. Oh, it's going to go very bad. I've kissed the son. He's not angry with me. I'm, I'm on his team. He, he brought me. I was a rebel. I was against him. He brought me into his, into his own. His, his, I, I've adop, been adopted by him. When I, when I hated him, when I was rebellious against him, he loved me and he, and he redeemed me. More on that. Let's go back to Acts chapter 4. So that's what they're quoting to God. I think it's a wise thing when we read uh, God's promises back to him. Why, did he forget? No, no. No, but he loves the fact that we take his word so seriously and we obey it and we, we believe it. And we, it's the, the word of God is an extension of our, our, our right arm. So they're, ruling, they're saying, you know, and, and they've got this. Look at, I think this is, uh, chapter 2 of uh, Psalms is telling us is that this is going to happen on planet Earth at the end times. But it happens incrementally right throughout. Uh, did Caiaphas and, uh, what is it, uh, uh, John and Alexander and Annas, the high priest, did they, have they counseled together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true of Acts chapter 2. It's got more than one fulfillment. I think it's more true in our day than it was in their day. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Uh, in the Old Testament, it says against his anointed. Here it says it's Christ. Christ is the, the Greek version of Messiah. Okay, it's, that's what it's saying. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. It's unfortunate. But to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. You say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. God made this all happen, and they're still guilty. And it's good. Jesus is going to 
go to the cross. He's going he's to be sacrificed for the sin of all mankind. That doesn't mean you have to be Judas. That doesn't mean you have to betray him. Judas is guilty of being Judas. This, I know God played out whatever he had, he had predetermined before to be done. That doesn't get you off the hook. Not all the uh, Pharisees, not all the council was against Jesus. This is Joseph of Arimathea. Remember that? It's Nicodemus, right? I, I just want us to understand. I don't want us to have this fatalistic idea, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do, and we're just so many pawns moving across the chessboard. He says, you know, Ammonites, Joshua, go wipe them all out. Every last one of them. say, wow, that's harsh. No. God knows how to put down a rabid dog of a society. Say, but they all got killed. Yeah, he saw no redemption. And the one who was worthy of redemption, a lady called Rahab, she's an Ammonite. Well, you save her. She's, in, she's Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother. Many greats. He's awesome. He doesn't owe us anything. And he gives us all things. He's predetermined that this is going to happen. Jesus got a, a date with a cross. But where these people fall, they're not, they're free moral agents. They've made their determination. They can still switch sides. Now the Lord beheld their threatenings. Grant to us thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word. Uh, that's what they want. They want boldness. This is their prayer, the whole thing. They, they are... Uh, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Okay, we want boldness, and we want more of that healing stuff. That's the whole prayer. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the, the verse tells us this filled again. Wow, two fillings in the same chapter. I like that. That's what I want. I have two fillings every day. It's not, you know, some days I may, you know, have a, a misstep or I mess, might mess up might, will at some point, I have a flesh eruption, I'll be short with somebody or ill-tempered or, or do something stupid, I'll be in Dunkin' Donuts and somebody will bump the fender of my brand new car that I've only made one payment on, hypothetically, of course, and I'll get very stressed out and I'll say, oh Lord, I'm going down to preach the word, I'm gonna, you're going to have to fill me, you have to heal me from this, you have to put my mind on better things. Will he? Oh yeah, he's great that way. Here it is. They're, 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 they're filled with the Holy Ghost again. And what happened? And they spake the word, word of God with boldness. One more point. Stay with me, okay? Acts chapter 2, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. What? And they spoke with other tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance. Is that the symbol of the Holy Spirit filling? I would say no. I'm not against tongues. I speak with tongues, okay? I'd like to know sometimes. I'd ask, you know, who, how many of you speak with tongues? I'd probably get about half the hands, okay? When I didn't, people would always, you know, talk to me, oh, you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, poor. And it was kind of like a have and have not. I hated that. I hate, 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 hate. I don't think that's scriptural. Here, they fill with the Holy Spirit of God. What do they do? They speak the word of God boldly. When God fills you, what does that look like? Well, let t you tell me. You, you, and I'm not against tongues. I speak with tongues, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't want to. But here we have people who love Jesus and, and say, Lord, I have anything you want. I will, I will happily receive from you. 
and you don't speak with tongues, and now you feel like a second-class Christian. I know, because people tell me that. And then we have posers. Well, I wish you were super spiritual like me. That's just pride. It is so, ugh, so pukey. It makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Humbly receive anything God has from you. And when he fills you, you tell me. I think tongues are wonderful, and it's, a, it's a self-edifying. It's a really good, praise God. He's got many gifts. Here, he fills them, and now what are they doing? Because they prayed, Lord, I want to be bold as butter. I want to be fearless. I want to be out there. I want to be this crazy man telling everybody about Jesus. And he says, you got it. And he fills them right there, right then. Again, free refills for the purpose of them speaking the word of God with boldness. Amen. Enough said, Fred. Let's stand. Let's, let's pray. Our guy's going to come and send us out of here. And song, our Father, we thank you so much for your word. It's awesome. Spirit of God, fill us afresh. And we're going, I don't know, to barbecue, to play around to golf, to hang out with friends and family, uh, whatever, wherever the day finds us. But even in our leisure activities, Lord, we want to be with you. We want to be spirit-filled. We want others to look and know that we had been with Jesus. Lord, for all these things that were talked about here this morning, that they may be in our heart, in our mind, that we might live them out. I don't want to just learn about your word. We want to do your word, Lord. We want to be found faithful, and only you can do that, Lord. We understand. But our hearts are willing. We're not following the power of our own flesh, Lord. We, we, we pray that you'd fill us with your spirit, that we may do the works of God. And we want to see healing. We want to see the name Jesus Christ go forth. It's in, it's in that holy name, the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.